Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to season four, episode seven of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a bi-weekly, monthly, two every two months podcast where two, three, four, five, sometimes uh, six good friends gather around a table and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey universe. I am one of your hosts, as always, Nick Costu. Alongside the pal, literally right next to me today, uh, Kyle Nice. Um, it's the playoffs. How, how are you feeling, Kyle, going into this playoff season? Well, uh, based on that intro, I hope us, I hope we can be a little more organized than how uh, the Rink Moose has been in the past uh, few months. So I'm, I'm very excited, Nick, about the playoffs. I'm excited. To be, this is my favorite show of the year, to be honest. Like, this is one of the top shows of the year because, like, there's no better time. And honestly, I'll be I'll be totally upfront. The regular season's gotten dry on me like a while ago. So this, like, I'm a hockey fan again. It feels like I'm reborn from the chrysalis. I'm like the the caterpillars turned into the butterfly, and I'm flying in the meadow right now. I mean, I, I just couldn't deal with any more of the regular season, so I oh. I just pissed off to Aruba, and uh, I let all that time go away, and now I'm back for the playoffs just in time. And uh, without further ado, in the rotating third chair. Everybody's favorite Italian meatball, Joe from the bridge, Joseph Camilleri. Uh, Joe, how are you doing? I'm sure you're fired, half fired up, half hungover after that big win last night. Not, not hungover, but yeah, definitely happy to be on the show. I agree with you guys. The regular season was really taking its toll. It was fucking boring. The, the, the talk about, oh, when's the playoffs going to start? It just, it, it, it had to end and I completely agree. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm very glad to be on the show. This is also my favorite episode and, you know, rotating third chair. I think we got to start making me a permanent fixture. I think I'm the only guest that continuously shows up. So this is my official application to be the uh, third host of this podcast and take it to new heights because obviously Mr. Nice over here is not providing the, the ad revenue that you guys need. And I think I can, I I can supplement that with my personality. Joe, I I couldn't handle you as a permanent third. I'll be honest. Uh, uh, I think we would kill each other. I think that's the problem. Hey, yeah. we, we take out enough frustration during the week in our group chat. Yes. I wish, I wish the fans were privy to some of that nonsense. That gets well, that's out. probably not a good, a good thing for both of our careers. You know what? I was, sh- I was shocked. I was, I was in a flight for the entire leaf game. I didn't catch a single minute live. And when I turned my phone back on after landing, I was shocked to see not one message was sent between you two for that entire game how is that even and I'll, tell, I'll tell you why that's the case because kyle kindly called me i think it was a day before the game and we spoke about my feelings towards the playoffs and my feelings towards the leaf this year and we kind of reached a uh, a parlay you know a kind of sort of as they said in pirates of the caribbean you know a deal here where you know we we i told him my my expectations and what i thought and he told me his and i think we uh, we we mediated it out you know, we, we had a good arbitration session. So yeah, that explains the no message. Just I feel that will continue until the end of the, uh, yeah. the round itself. And then I'm sure the chirps will be flying one way or the other. So, well, uh, that's, that's the explanation. Two, two grown men hitting, uh, hitting the bargaining table. Just uh, two adults. I like hey, it. Two adults. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, just to preface for everyone. Uh, you know, in years past this, these episodes, I've often taken a while. We go into a big deep dive. We're going to be a little more selective this year. We're going to be a little more concise, only the big spark note things we want to get off our chests. Um, but before we do that, and we get into our rapid fire with the series is 
um, we want to touch on the Mark Shiflin quotes. He laid out his Shiflin plan, so to speak, <laughs> as to how he as, as to how he sees his career going from here. Um, I, I, you know, I, I mean, how, how would you summarize it? I mean, he basically just sat up there and, and, uh, spewed some, some, some baloney about how, uh, you know, he, he needs some time to think he needs to know where the team is going. He boosted himself talking about how he's going to be better every year. how he's going to be better next year. And he really was just, you know, said, I have no answers about this team right now. And I need to do some, some deep thinking and have some deep conversations with the team. That, that's kind of the, the spark notes, if unless I'm missing something. No, I think that's about it. I think uh, he basically, like you said, he laid it out. Like, I want to know what's going on. And I think it just sounds like he's, uh, he's finally considering other options. But uh, I think to Joe's point, which I'm sure he'll bring up, is you have to analyze the character aspect. So what, uh, what do you got there for us, Joe? Um, Mark, Mark Scheifele does not have any character. And I've said this from day one. He is what I describe as a fake nice guy, as someone who will talk very politely yes. to the media. And um, he's, not, he's not an actual character guy. And after that hit, that, he, that spineless, gutless hit he threw on Jake Evans in the playoffs last year, um, he, he, he absolutely has no character in my mind. And to come out at the end of the season and demand as a player saying, hey, where's this team going? Well, maybe you should play more of a part in that. Your team was awful this year. Awful. So I don't think that Mark Shifley, you know, making these demands speaks anything to his character. I think this actually is evidence that he doesn't have any character and I wouldn't want him on my team. Um, he's, I think he's overrated. I think he's a piss baby as what, what did they describe Leon Dreisaitl as? I think you're pissy. That's who Mark Shifley is. He's a spoiled brat and he's not, and he's overrated. So that's what I think about Mark Shifley's character. And as a Habs fan, Kyle, you must agree with me. That was a gutless hit he laid on Mr. Evans last year. You know it and I know it. So, I mean, I, th- I, I mean, we both know it. there's no reasonable person that can say, oh, this guy has character with these combined two incidents, at least in what reasonable people define as character. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been on the record. I've, I've always, and I think me and Nick have always called Mike Sh- Mark Shifley a, a high character guy. And I think that has been true. I think that has been true. However, I think someone, and we're realizing this now is a great example, someone can deteriorate in character. And I think that has, um, that's been going on. Like uh, these, these recent examples, like, like when the team has struggled and, and, you know, it's not something you want to hear from the, your future captain, quote unquote, is, is to hear, oh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. It, it hurts to hear it, honestly. Like it, it's kind of changed. It's changed me a little bit to hear that from him. And it, and it sucks. It really does. Yeah, I think the word Joe used spoiled is a great is a great one because like he just seems it just hearing him. It sounds like he thinks he deserves more than everyone else on that team. Like he just he's 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 just uh, he's he's more worthy than all of them. He's at a higher pedestal. He gets to dictate where where he goes like you don't have a fucking say like you're under contract. You play for this team. And uh, you, you, you do your best. You don't get to fucking dictate what direction this team goes in. And you don't, ma- you don't get to make it sound like they're beholden to you and your vision, you know, like mm-hmm. you're fucking beholden to them, you know, to, to be honest, I, I do believe Mark Shifley is extremely driven and hardworking and he absolutely yeah. has a great love for the game and he wants to win. I think those are all very true things, but it sounds like maybe he's taking that to be like, I have all those things going for me and 
for that reason, I believe I can make, I can be entitled essentially. I think that's what's going on here. Yeah, I, I completely, that, that's, that's actually pretty well put. No, I don't deny that he's a passionate guy and he, he loves the game of hockey, but to behave like that, especially after the fact that you put, you were part of that team that didn't make the playoffs. There's gotta be some ownership taken, especially as you said, he's going to be the future captain to say, look, like, you know, I, I'm part of this too. Like I have responsibility to bear. And for the fans of Winnipeg, if I'm, I'm a Jets fan, thank God I'm not. But if I was a Jets fan, I'd be like, look, like, you know, how, how are you sitting here saying this when you were basically, you know, one of the leaders on this team and you failed this this year, you failed the, the Jets should have been a playoff team. They were projected to be a playoff team right. and you failed them this year. And, and I, and I think, and I think that's, that, that definitely speaks to his character, not his hard work, but his character as an individual. Right. Uh, I, I think that speaks volumes. And let me let it be known. I was the first to comment on his character issues. I'm just going to put that on the record. You know what I'm wondering too, like just to kind of put a bow on this, I'm wondering if like, I don't know, it's a totally different scenario, but like Eichel like kind of requested a trade after five years of not having success because star player not having success five years requested a trade. The neck thing is a separate argument. Uh, I'm wondering if that's going to be like a trend, like if, if that is now a thing that's going to be part of the NHL. I think, I think it's a, it's not necessarily a bad thing where like stars speak out because I've always said that I think one of the problems with the NHL is that stars don't speak out. Right. But there's a way to do it. And I think just going out there and saying like, yeah, like I need you to like, basically tell me what the plan is going forward. I think Eichel's a little bit more excusable because the Sabres denied him the right to have that surgery. And if I were him, I'd be like, okay, well, this is my career and my medical state, like medical status that could affect me for years. You know, if you're not going to give me that surgery, then I'm leaving. But Shifley's is a purely like, I need to know the direction of the team. Like, what are you, the general manager? Like, no, Kevin Shevoldayoff is, knows the direction of that team. Not you, you play for the team and you should own up and play better because you, your team was awful this year and you're one of the leaders. So I think there's a bit of a distinction between the Eichel and Shifley situation, but it's, it, it is sort of similar in the sense that there is, there now seems to be a culture in hockey, which is not necessarily a bad thing for too long. It's been a culture of silence and you just do what the team's told. If you're unhappy, you should say it. Right. But there's a way to go about doing it. And I think Shifley didn't do it in the right way. It sounded very entitled in my opinion. Well, Regardless, uh, to Kyle's point, just to put a bow on this, I, I think it goes without saying, I think that's one of the teams there's going to be a lot of changes this offseason, right? Like it's one of those teams where the core is kind of flat, it's kind of stale, and you need you need a big, big dose of change there. You know, I, I, I think that's that goes without saying. I mean, to have and, and he might this might be it for him. That that might be the last time Mark Shifley sits at a press conference in in the you know in the Winnipeg Stadium. Yeah, and yeah. and I think it's it's shocking because like they have like a top five goaltender in the league in Hellebuck. And, yeah. you know, they, they, they managed to sweep the Oilers last year and then proceeded to get swept by the Habs. But it's like, we all expected Winnipeg to be in the playoffs. Like there's no, if you were a Jets fan and didn't expect that, or even a casual fan, even I expected them to sneak into a wild card spot at some point, but you know, it, it, Nick's right. This might just be a case of the core going flat and maybe they need uh, either a coaching change that Calgary had when they brought in Sutter. Cause I think we were saying the same thing about Calgary last year, where, we thought the core was oh, yeah. flat. They need Sutter a coaching change. Yeah. So maybe they, they do definitely need a change in Winnipeg. And who knows, maybe trading Mark Shifley might be the kick in the ass that they need and they'll get some returns on that. Or Because, I mean, with Connor Hallibuck, you should be competitive every year. That's yeah. And especially in the West where teams like yeah. Dallas are making the playoffs, like or L.A., mm. like you should be yeah. in the playoffs. No excuse. 
No, I, like, I think it goes, like, I think untouchable, like Kyle Connor's an untouchable. Of course. And he's you know, great- the guy, the guy's a superstar. And I think the, I think the character of Blake Wheeler's got to stay there. You know, I don't think you can rip him from that team, you know? Yep. So, so I think Shifley is probably that prime candidate as far as enough skill on the open market to get you something, oh my but God. also Same like all, also the, the character is wearing thin in that room, you know? So I, I think maybe he's got to go. I think he's the prime. He's probably the prime target there of all those oh, guys. Yeah. And and like he would get, if they traded him, he would get a King's ransom. What's Dubois, what's Dubois status? What's his contract status? Oh, he's, he's ending. He's ending. I think like now, I think. He's, oh, see, that's another big one. Year. That's another big one. Cause he's a, he's a, he's a tumultuous guy too, you know, and he had no shortage of he uh, a great year though. He had a great year and he, he seemingly fit like a glove, but he's also, you know, who's to say he loves the, the, what's going on there in Winnipeg, you know, and he, and he wasn't shy about voicing his displeasure in Columbus. So uh, maybe we'll have another chapter of that for, uh, for uh, PLD. Um, but moving on uh, before, before we get into the series is another team that was expected to make the playoffs and flamed out very quickly. Um Pete DeBoer's Vegas Golden Knights. Joe, what what went wrong? What went wrong? He had a law degree and he couldn't coach them to the to the to the promised land. What happened here? What happened with Vegas is that they they tried to pull a Tampa Bay Lightning in. You know what? Let's acquire all these players. But when the playoff comes around, the salary cap doesn't matter. Their problem was they they were still in a fight for a playoff spot when they acquired these players. And they couldn't possibly make it work in the lineup. And they were left with, with no one playing, essentially. Now, some of their key guys not playing. Obviously, injuries played a factor. But they didn't. They thought they were galaxy-braining everyone. But they really kind of played themselves where, mm-hmm. in order to pull a Tampa, you have to make the playoffs first. And I guess they took for granted maybe that or maybe there was something in the locker room where they took for granted that, oh, well, we've made the playoffs every single year. We're going to make the playoffs. And management thought, yeah, this team's going to make the playoffs. We're fine. Let's make all these moves. And they didn't. I mean, like, it's inexcusable for a team with Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, Petrangelo, Theodore, um, to not make the playoffs, even with their injuries and the goaltending concerns. So I, I, I think Vegas is a team that also needs, like, a coaching change or something. Because this, is, this team should have, been, should have won the Cup or at least Oof. been in a, 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 a Cup final. With that talent, you got to be. And there's also a question. Like, I mean, I don't believe in curses or that shit, but – it seems like Jack, Jack Eichel really has a, a tough time when he gets traded to teams or if he's on their team. It seems like they have like a – there's some element about them where they just can't win. Like I hate he's to call him – just a bona fide loser, eh? I, yeah, I, I hate – I didn't want to say that, but yeah. he, he's kind of a loser. Like, I, I you know. <laughs> you know, he's so, kind yeah. of like a curly-headed fuck. Like he's, you know. <laughs> he's to, Marv. He's Marv from Home Alone. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great – yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, to that point, down the stretch, last six games – He's got one point, one point in the last six games of the most critical. That's not good. It's not, not going to cut it. What, what I'll just kind of my, uh, what I'll throw into the hat, all those points I agree with, two words, two phrases, karma. Yes. Hockey gods. Yes. This is the hockey gods at work saying, no, 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 you can't act this way. Yeah. Vegas. Yeah. And that's what that is. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. let's let's poach Mark Stone. Let's poach all these guys. Let's ship out Flurry, who's beloved across the league for fucking zero. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, yeah. This is they tried to build the team by just writing checks, and we know yeah. history tells us that the best way to build a team, the teams that win cups. Well, yes, there are great 
additions at the deadline, it's homegrown talent that you drafted. You can go back to Pittsburgh with Crosby and Malkin. You can go to Tampa with Point, Stamkos. All those guys were drafted within the organization, stayed there to blossom. You can't win a cup in this league by just being like the Los Angeles Lakers in basketball and buying players. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, it, it never works. And I don't know why it just, that's, that's just the way hockey is. And you need homegrown talent and bringing in guys like Jack Eichel who have character issues in the past and, and stuff like that. And trying to skirt the cap system because you think you're, you're trying to galaxy brain everyone. That's not the way to do it. And we know what happened. They are and you the can't not make the playoffs in the West either. If no. you're Vegas. Like, again, like the West is, I mean, aside Pacific, from the Pacific, Joe. Yeah. Like that's even like, yeah. Like who are you playing against Edmonton? Like, come on. Like, you know, well, Edmonton's good. Well, they're not, but still, I mean, like you're, you're playing against, you're playing against the three Pacific teams, like far four times a year. You got to make the playoffs. Vegas is a microwaved T-bone steak. Yes. You know what it is? It's like ordering the keg on Uber Eats. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, well, it'll be an, uh, that's another team. Interesting offseason. What will they do to kind of retool? Will they do anything? Will they just go into the next season going, we're healthy now? Yeah. You know, like I have no idea. The goal, I, I don't think the goaltending is going to hold up. This whole thing about Rob, Robin Leonard, gonna, he's going to find himself in, in five months. I don't think so. He's going to go to Cabo and find himself. Yeah, he's going to go to Cabo and find himself. Yeah, gonna go and we're going yeah. to fucking have a couple, couple drinks on the beach and it'll be. I love party. Robin Leonard, though. Uh, I like she's I like the character, but like I think I love I love how outspoken he is. I love how raw he is. I, I think it's fresh for the league in, in this day and age where you have a lot of boring interviews and shit like that. But yeah. I, I maintain I don't think he's I don't think he's ever been a great goalie. I think he's overrated. I think he's very overrated. Yeah, that 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 could be true too. I just I, I do played, like personality. Yeah, he brings some character. Yeah. He do certainly it. does, but you I think he's, he's had the luxury of playing on some really good teams like the Islanders where they, he's really beefed his stats up. Vegas was good the last couple of years, um, and he took advantage of, of, of Fleury basically playing his way out of town because the coach didn't like him and because of one gaffe in the playoffs against Montreal. Now that that's that's why Leonard's held to this high pedestal. But frankly, I don't believe he's he's a he's not going to lead them to the promised land, and they're going to have to fix that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's enough for Vegas. Um, let's move into our previews, um, or should I say, day after previews after the uh, the 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 schwacking that uh, the Leafs did to John Cooper's Tampa Bay Lightning last night um what what a like all i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna open with this i have in my in my entire life of watching the leafs like 15 years i've never seen a more dominant 60 minutes than that than that game i watched last night do you agree or disagree joe um yeah so i'm gonna like again this is gonna be a very measured take for me that is that was the best game in the matthews era that they have played in the playoffs. There's absolutely no doubt about that. They were electric on the penalty kill. Their special teams is amazing. They were great defensively. Jack Campbell was great. And like, you really couldn't ask as a Leaf fan for a better game that ticked all the boxes. So first box, Matthews and Marner have to score. That's the narrative. They had six points between them, which is more than both of them had in the entire series against Montreal last year. Box ticked. Number two, is Jack Campbell going to be playoff ready? Has a 25-save shutout. Box ticked. 
can they compete physically with Tampa Bay? Well, from all those scrums I saw and Jan Ruda's bloody head at the hands of Morgan Riley, <laughs> they did. Like they, that, they box ticked. Um, can they play defense against the, a team with a high octane offense? They allowed 25 shots and they had five penalty, uh, penalties taken against them. Box ticked. So all those boxes were ticked game one. And obviously the caveat is there is no, and I know there's this narrative out there, there is no Leaf fan that is actually thinking, oh shit, like we can now take the lightning not seriously. There's no Leaf fan that, that thinks that. We understand how cursed our franchise is and we understand how the Leafs have been in the past. However, it's perfectly acceptable for Leaf fans to say that game was amazing. And if they continue to play like that, there's no doubt in my mind that they can win this series. And I think that's what this game proved. It's not like this is going to be men against boys. It's like, well, the Leafs, ah, the Leafs have come, come to play. Okay, you got it. For the sake of not spoiling this game, you got to tell Josh to to just yeah, keep it in. You got to. This guy's a big Pittsburgh fan. He lives with, oh, and God. and he's reacting to every God. moment of the game right please, now. Please, please, um, no, let him go. But please, yes, <laughs> yes, no, I won't say anything. But anyways, to continue what I was saying, um, <laughs> this is just game one, and they have to replicate this performance again and again and again. <laughs> but I mean. It's a great start, and Leaf fans deserve to be happy with what we saw last night. And the second thing is, that fucking crowd last night was absolutely incredible. It's like, it's almost like, and I, I, it's almost like all the old Leaf fans and like the pot fan jerseys with like handlebar mustaches from Barry who drive down and are angry at this team and think like Kyle does about hockey. They said to their young kids, take these tickets, go make some noise. And that fucking arena was electric last night. And they weren't just cheering at goals. This is every time Matthews touched the puck, there was yeah. a key chance. Hits, uh, fucking just skating on the ice after that five-minute penalty kill. It was incredible. It was a great night for Leaf fans. And, um, you know, I, I think if they, they can continue to replicate that performance, the series, uh, they could win the series. It's not, it's not the insurmountable task that I thought it was going to be when I first started uh, – when I went into the play, when I went into the, uh, the series. So yeah, kudos to them. They played a great game. I, I, there's, they didn't play bad at all. There's no, no criticisms I have other than the Clifford hit, but who knows, maybe that was a blessing in disguise because they got their momentum after that. You want to go or me? Oh, last thing I'll say is I, I, all of those things are so apt Joe and they're so true, but at the same time, I couldn't help but agree with uh, Mr. Cooper's comments at the end of the game. I really think the Leafs didn't need to play that well. It was almost a wasted effort. Like, the, yeah, it was exceptional, but they probably only needed to be like 70% of that good to win that game last night. Because ta- as much as the Leafs won that game, Tampa really lost it for themselves. They, they just did not look like themselves. Nikita Kutrov flubbing on oh, pucks. Vasilevsky not being able to get on a run in, in goal. Um, just, just constant mistakes that Victor Hedman, that oh, the, the comp oh. goal and, and the shot blocked and Hedman not being able to keep up. That yep. just was not a good look on the lightning. And, and those veterans, uh, uh, Stam coast, not being able to bury that puck, oh, that open net, oh. just, uh, some real glaring, glaring issues there. And I just, I thought it was a perfect interview by the, uh, by the Detroit mercy hall, uh, uh, alum in John Cooper, just, you know, not even giving them credit, you know, anytime the interviewers tried to pump uh, the Leafs tires, he kind of just sat there with a smug look on his face and said, we weren't really that good. We'll be better next game back. Yeah. And I think, I think that was a smart comment from him because, um, he, 
he, he obviously wanted to do that. Now, I don't think that was to take a shot at the Leafs. I think that was more to take a shot at his own team and say, you guys have to play better, which they do. However, it would be, I think it would be a little bit naive to not give the Leafs credit for playing the way they did because at the end of the day, man, you gave a team with, with, with the hottest power play in the league going into that series. You killed five penalties, including a five-minute major. I mean, that can't be all Tampa fucking up. At some point, that's got to be the least penalty kill. I mean, even defensively, they were getting their sticks in the way. They were blocking shots. Fucking Marner was throwing hits out there. You know, it was – I agree Tampa is obviously going to play better. There's no doubt about that because they can't play any worse than that. Like, there's no possible way you can play worse than that. But if the Leafs play like that every night, it's going to be very difficult for Tampa to oh, score. Oh, yeah. No, and, you won't win that series if the Leafs play like that. The problem is they won't. Inevitably, you, inevitably, this Leafs team is going to get a little comfy. They're going to get – they're not going to be able to keep that up. I, I think well, anyone could have predicted a game one Leafs win because I think the barn was going to be rocking. I, I think – I think. I think the Leafs were uber motivated. Like, they're, think about it this way: their last playoff game was getting embarrassed by Montreal. So you and you have to wait a full calendar season to get another playoff game in. I expected them to be uber motivated. I expected them to beat the Lightning, and that's why I have this game going seven. They're going to win their fair share of games. The Leafs are going to win their fair share of games. Yeah, but I still I still have Tampa winning because I respect the team more. I respect Tampa as well. I didn't make a prediction on this series. But I will say you're, you're exempt from this segment. Yeah. But I, but I will say that um, I will say that, yes, I, I understand that Tampa will, will obviously come back. And I, I don't, I disagree about the game. I thought the Leafs, cause usually in game, the last time the Leafs won a game one was I think 2019 against Bob. We were in first year law school. They won. True, they do fuck up game yes. ones. They're like the Raptors. We yes. never do well in game. And I, and I thought that was the game where, because listen, I'll tell you what, if this was five, nothing the other way, we wouldn't be talking about how bad the Leafs play to give it to Tampa. It would be, this team is finished. This is the same old Leafs. And again, you're really not going to know about this Leafs team if they're different until games five, six, seven. The first three games of the series, they can play well, but we're not going to know if they matured until games five, six. When they have a chance to eliminate or stave off elimination, that's when you're going to learn if this Leafs team matured. However, we can take it a game at a time. Let's talk about game two and game two happens. But after game one, it's perfectly okay to be like, you know what? This is confident this is a comp Matthews and Marner have never ever in a playoff series done that in any game ever so that is room for optimism for Leaf fans and I think I just think top to bottom when you look at the depth of the Leafs like they're a deeper team than Tampa Bay they are so you know exploit that keep playing Tampa they're not the same they were last year I mean I I don't think that third line has nearly the identity I think I think Brandon Hagel looked like an idiot last night oh he looked awful that guy did not look like a guy worth two first round picks to me yeah and and the Leafs the thing I think that's a little bit different about the Leafs this year and we both have noticed this I think they have three competent defense pairings now I'm not afraid to leave Jordana Lilligren out there whereas last year when it was like Justin Hall and I don't know, Sandine, who was his first playoff series, you're scared to leave him out there, but you have three competent pairs. You have a true shutdown line. And I just love the way he's been. And we didn't even talk about the fact that one of their key energy character guys, Michael Bunting, was not even playing last night. And you know that guy's getting ready to play. Like I, I saw, I was reading an article today on Sportsnet um, by Luke Fox, and he was basically saying, Mike, Michael Bunting wants to be like Darcy Tucker. Like he- Yeah, yeah I saw that. I saw that. Oh, so, you know? 
Yeah, and Kyle said Kyle saw Bunting was out. He he said there was going to be a royal ship pumping in uh, Leaf Square, and boy, was he wrong. You ate your word. So I please, did, now did. you get the stage. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. So first of all, yeah, I, I agree with most of what you guys are saying. I'll I'll add a few points. First of all, that was way worse than Columbus or Montreal has ever played. Like Tampa, I'm not. We're not ex- like you. We need to exaggerate this. They were so bad. It was preseason bad. There were some games Montreal was really stinky. Whatever. Last year. They were so bad. Yeah, yeah, I think I want to say the refereeing in that game was insanely bad. Insane. And I was I was with Leafs fans at the bar last night. They agreed with me full stop on both sides. That was despicably called as a playoff hockey game. Despicable. Some of the calls that were being made. Oh, you're just, just mad that they're enforcing the rule. But again, my, no, my you no. know, but the rebuttal is they evened out. They, they were even, bad sure. calls on both sides, so sure. it that has no implications. It's on almost like if you follow the rule night, book, you know? good things happen, right? It's almost like no, if you but the rule book. It's, it's ridiculous. There was one penalty in particular. I, I had to stop watching the game. I just buried my face in my beer, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then, lo and behold, it was a five on three, and Matthews fucking snipes it. And I'm just like, this should never have fucking happened. Anyways, so there's that point, and the second point I want to make is Vasilevsky. In, in the last three years, has never lost two games in a row. Not once yeah. in the last three years. Fact, yeah. He's a godlike goalie when coming off a loss. We're talking about in the realm of 970 save percentage. So next game is when the series really starts. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and, and that's single hand. That's the biggest reason I chose Tampa to win this series. I, I don't think Jack Campbell will hold up like Vasilevsky can hold up in the seven game series. You know, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. I love Jack. I love the character, but he's not, he's not physically what Vasilevsky is, you know, but I don't think he has to be. I don't think he has. Yeah, to- you're right. Last night. He certainly didn't have to be like, I, I could, I could have played that first period and only allowed two goals. And I would have got a pat. I would have got a pat on the back from Sheldon Keefe going back to the dressing. All room. I know is that I, as a Leaf fan, and I'm sure all Leaf fans respect the pedigree of Tampa Bay. There's no bullshit. We all understand that. However, again, things don't last forever. We know how difficult it is to win a th- three peat as a cup. They've played a lot of hockey these past two years. Their third line is not what it used to be at mm-hmm. all. And defensively. They did not look good. Like I thought the Leafs beat them to every single puck. Every oh, agree, agree, agree. Oh. They, they knew they were beat. They knew they were beat. And the second you saw Corey Perry try to do his goofy shit at the end there, you oh, knew yeah, they well. knew they were beat. Someone's they, gotta, they had to handle them. But I did love the response. They did need to respond that fourth line. They needed to do something. And, uh, and I, and I did like their response, but I did like how the Leafs handled it. I liked how Wayne Simmons de- dealt with all that adversity last night. So, uh, no, it was, it was well played by both sides. Great game though. Fantastic. Terrible. It's, 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 it's everyone's game. calling it the best series to watch. The well, ones to watch. That's the problem is he, wrong. See, the problem is you have people like Kyle now that are upset when the rule book is actually being called. No, this is how soft calls, but, there, but that's, but, calls. but that's an infraction. If you don't play the game within, if you hockey is defined just like anything by its rules, if you don't, don't ruin the game, Joe, that's not, but no, but that's the game, but that is the game though. Hockey, like anything is defined by its rules. If you're, if you are not playing within the bounds of its rules, you're not playing NHL hockey. It's not like when I play go fish within the third or crazy eights and I want to play off suit, then I'm not playing crazy eights. I'm playing something else. You have to play no. the game within the bounds of the rules. 
the, the NHL regular season is a, is a, is a decent watch. The playoffs are unmissable. It's unmissable but that is, watching. That, but that is, but now but that, is that game was brutal to watch. That is why you have teams like the Habs or the Islanders that continuously advance because they are able to skirt the rules and no one calls it. This is why hockey viewership is down so much because no one wants to see Nick Suzuki in a final. They want to see Connor McDavid. They want to see Austin Matthews. They want to see Nathan McKinnon. No one wants to see Matthew Barzal or the identity line. They want to see Bar- stars. Barzal is, is, is great hockey to watch. He's not. He's okay. But that's besides the point. The, the fact of the matter is, the reason why the NHL is not going to be watched is not the viewership is down is because they want to see the star shine. And you can't have guys like Ben Sherratt ragdolling Austin Matthews and not getting a call. This is not. This is why in the NBA, LeBron James is king for years, and, and he is able to go to the finals every year because they protect superstars. That's the problem with the NHL. They don't protect superstars. And that's why the product is never as good as it could be. I always say this. Hockey is the best. Hockey is the best sport, but the worst league. It is the best sport, but it is the worst league out of all of them. Behind MLB, miles behind the NBA, and it doesn't even come close to the NFL. That's the problem. It has such a good product, but the league is so bad. I cannot even listen to All right, to we're getting off. To, we're getting on. I agree, agree, the, agree, agree. The MLB it's... being a better league, <laughs> I can't even fathom. Okay. Uh, you have Tampa and seven? Tampa and seven. Okay, Tampa and seven. Okay, moving on. Uh, the what other. Do you have? I have Tampa and seven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Florida. To Florida. We're going to Florida. Okay, the one game that we I haven't tuned into. I have no idea what the score is. Don't want to know oh what the score God. is. Yeah, true. Um, Capitals, Florida. Don't want to spend too much time on this one. All I'm going to say is I don't trust the Capitals goaltending. Never have. Um, I, I don't like Florida's goaltending, but I probably don't like the Caps one nearly as much, which, which says a lot. Um, they're getting old. They're getting tired. They're getting stale. It's the same old story in Washington. I don't think they can keep up with this team that has literally gone all in. If there's one team, there's probably only Colorado has gone more all in than, than, than Florida, but, uh, but Florida's really gone all in with the Giroux. He's, he's higher than a point per game since arriving there. I think I read something like 23 points in 18 games. He's been sizzling. Um, and I think their depth, their depth scoring is just so darn good. I think like they're, they're very much like the blues where they have nine guys who can put 20 goal seasons together, you know, and, uh, and, and the caps just don't have that. Uh, you know, they, they, they got a, they got a good top six. They got a decent top six, but guys like Anthony Mantha, they don't compare to like a, like a Bennett or a, or a Reinhardt in my mind. Yeah. So uh, I just like the depth of Florida more. I like that they've, they added more at the deadline. They got a deeper defense. Uh, Ekblad's back and healthy. That's huge, huge, um, huge, huge, huge. And I'm, I'm a Spencer Knight believer if, if Bobby, uh, if Bobby mucks up. So uh, Florida, I believe I had Florida in five. You want to go Joe? Uh, I don't believe Florida is going to win the cup. Like many people think, I I think they're woeful defensively. And I think the president's trophy curse is still upon these teams. But like you said, Washington has a stale core. Their goaltending isn't good. And they're an awful defensive team. Florida might be bad, but Washington's worse defensively. So I say Florida in in five as well. Like I don't, I can't see Washington winning more than two games. Mm. Yeah, I have Florida in five as well. Um, Oh my God, you're stressing me out, bro. Listen, there's nothing Anyways. here. This is the most. This Any, is the most no, no, can... no. Absolutely, you're right. You're right. Great. 
but uh, no, Florida is like to me the best offense in the NHL. And then you're you're now getting a Norris Trophy candidate back on your blue line, um, and you've got a safety net in Spencer Knight if Bob fucks up. Like, and man, oh man, like those floor those forwards I can't say enough about. Like, you go down the list like Reinhardt, Duclair is basically a point per game. You could slot him in on your third line. It's it's ridiculous. Like the. I, I I'm I'm not gonna watch any of their games per se because there's gonna be conflicting with other better games for me. But man, I wish I could. So they're gonna yeah they're gonna steamroll. Moving on to the uh, the game of interest at the moment, Rangers Pittsburgh. This is a tough one. I I was telling Kyle earlier today, Joe. I think he's got the biggest pulse on this series because he's he's the Laffy Taffy fan. He's the biggest laugh fan. You know, watches every Rangers game but he historically loves his Pittsburgh Penguins. And so he's torn picking this one, but I think the fact I'll, I'll let you take the floor here to start. I think the pe- fact you're picking Peng- Penguins is speaks volumes. It does speak volumes and it speaks volumes with my character. <laughs> First and foremost, um, logically, a lot of people would pick the Rangers. Like statistically it, it favors them. You might look at a roster black and white and it favors the Rangers. Um, Here's what I'll say against the Rangers. I think Zibanejad is a low IQ uh, poser, essentially. He's got a great shot. He's got a great reach. Um, but this guy is not a gamer. No. He's, he's not. He, he's flashy. He's nice. He's a nice regular season player. Yeah. I don't see him being a big game player. Um, he's James Harden. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got, you've got your second line center, Ryan Strom. I think Ryan Strom is a very adequate second line center, but he's no Evgeny Malkin. He doesn't have game breaking ability whatsoever. Um, And then you have a lot of inexperience, you know, on the lower end of the lineup, like the kid line is, I mean, it looked great so far in the first, but the kid line is very unproven. And that's honestly the X factor in the series. Um, But there's just too many elements like Kreider overperformed all regular season he does score playoff style goals mind you but um and then you've got Shesterkin, which is again best goal in the league but is he proven in the playoffs we don't know that um and then when you look at over the flip side with pittsburgh um listen they've they've been horrible in the last many playoff series many first rounds they've been terrible that streak breaks this year this is the last potential year with the core, the most legendary core in Pittsburgh history, perhaps. And, um, and I think that the urgency is so high now. I think they got complacent in the last few years. We've won a couple of cups. We've gone back to back. We're not jazzed up about things. We're stale. But when it's your last year together, I, I can't imagine they lose this series for simple principle of the legacy. I can't imagine. De- Casey DeSmith has been on fire um, they're a small team, but they're fast. Um, I just, based on heart pick, just based on pure heart and intuition, I can't fathom they lose the series. So that, that's, that's my reasoning there. I'm going to pick Pittsburgh, and, um, but they got to get hot. They have to find a streak here. Uh, before Joe goes, yeah, I'll echo everything you just said. Also, I think uh, I, I don't like the youth of the Rangers in this series. I think they're oh still uh, still a tad young. I think their great players are going to be great. Schneider's going to be great. Keandre is going to be great. Laugh's going to be great. Taco Jury's still out. But I think the fact you still have a, a, you still have so much of your lineup as those kids, to me, I just don't think they're ready for prime time. 
whereas Crosby's been through prime time too many times. And I, I just got a bet on him. And then of course the coaching matchup, I think Mike Sullivan is a, he, he's a, he's a, he's a brilliant coach. He, he's done it with, with, with teams that have not been predicted to go that far. He, he, he's done it against many odds. And I, I think he's a better coach than Gerard. And uh, I, I think, uh, I think he can outcoach him. And I, and I, I just, I'm betting on the stars of Pittsburgh. I'm betting, betting on the experience. I'm betting on a Jeff Carter and a, and a Brian Boyle over uh or over a caco and a lafreniere i i'm just i'm just safely betting on that and i think the goaltending will hold, hold up and and if smith lays an egg tonight or next game hopefully jerry comes back and, and redeems himself from last year so joe take the floor i got uh i'll go penguins i got penguins in i have penguins in uh seven i think so do i yeah yeah i mean i uh i agree with all those points i i think I think the big issue is going to be the goaltending, of course. I mean, I kind of know what's happening in this game right now, so I kind of have a better Buddy, come on, play on what's going on. Um, goaltending has a way of evening itself out. That's all I'll say. But um, listen, I, I, I bet on experience all the time. And um, I bet on experience all the time. And I, I, I just – and I think – Sometimes when you beat a team so much in the regular season, like the Rangers did the Penguins, there's like some sort of added drive. And this is combined with the fact that, as you guys said, this could possibly and probably likely will be the last year where all these guys are together. In addition to that, I just think it's bad for the Juju or the hockey gods to wave like Shesterkin did in that game when they beat oh, the, the regular I season. And I think that has, you don't do that to a team with Sidney Crosby and they're getting Malkin and Chris Tang when they've won three cups. Uh, so I'm going to bet on the experience of Pittsburgh. Um, I think the Rangers are a great team. I love their deadline acquisitions. Um, the youth is good. Brandon Schneider, um, Keandre is great. Laughs okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I, I think that the experience will win out despite the fact that they have some, you know, Pittsburgh has a questionable bottom six, but I, uh, I, I'm going to pick the pens in seven. seven. I have faith in them. I think love they're, it. yeah. Unanimity. Uh, so, so we all we all have unanimity on Florida and Penguins in yeah. the, in, the, in the games played. Um, okay, lastly, I did not tune into any of this game last night because obviously I was I was in the air and I only I only watched the Leaf game in its entirety later. Uh, Boston, Carolina. This to me was next to Rangers and Pittsburgh, probably the hardest to pick. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just going with uh, you know me, Joe. I'm I'm, I'm Jock Lemaire. I love my defense. And this is the Jennings winning trophy team. And the only trophy that counts in hockey in my mind is the Jennings trophy. I don't care about the heart. I don't care about the rocket Richard. I don't care about uh, Matthew 60 goals. I care about the Jennings and Andy Ranta backstopping his team to a Jennings. Wow. That's what I like. Wow. So, uh, so the only I'm man in the world who cares about that. You know, that. <laughs> no, me and Daryl Sutter. Oh me, yeah. Me and Daryl Sutter. Um, so yeah, I, I love any team that wins the Jennings. I'm going to bet on them to win. And uh, hey, I think to me this is this is the t- the complete team, the, the the team as a whole versus the the team with the trusted true stars. That's how I see this matchup. Uh, I think that's storyline number one. I think storyline number two is can the can Freddie Anderson shake off the bugaboo and finally win a playoff series? He's injured to start. He might be there in game two by game three. Fingers <clears throat> crossed. But based on last game, I mean, I I think I think Carolina put up a shutout last night. Five one. Five one. So so I I haven't seen the highlights, but I know Anti Ronta's a good goalie. I like his pedigree. I spot started him a lot this year in fantasy. Um I, I think he's solid and uh and I'm comfortable 
putting him out there, especially when, like you said about Jack Campbell earlier, Joe, the, the goalie of the Carolina Hurricanes does not have to be great every night. It just no. has to be good. And I think Ranta can be good. Whereas, uh, you know, Boston, uh, you know, I don't have the same faith in a, in a Linus Olmark and, uh, and Jeremy Swayman, he's got no playoff experience. So, uh, so I don't know about those two. And I've never liked the depth of Boston forward wise. You know, they've always had that great perfection line. They've always struggled to have depth scoring in the playoffs. And uh, it's always, it's always killed them. I don't think Taylor Hall is a, is a, is a star. I don't. Um, and, and I like the depth of Carolina more. I bet on Vincent Trocek. I bet on, uh, on a Marty Nikas. I just bet on those guys over, you know, a, a Jake DeBrusque. I, I, I just, I just like those guys more. I think defensively they got, they got those real stars in Slavin and Pesci. I think D'Angelo is fit like a glove on the power play. This power play is intense. This power play next to the Leafs in Colorado, this power play is probably the best right there. They're mm. in the top three there with those, with those teams. Sure. Um, I just, and then Brindamore, who doesn't want to get behind this guy in the playoffs. You know, I, I just think he just, he fires his team up mm. and I'm, I'm all in on them and they've had some heartbreak of late. You know, I, I think they lost to the Bruins a couple of years ago. That wasn't great. Um, they, they didn't have a long run last year. I think they're built for a run. I, I think this is like, this is a year for them. I think the goaltending's finally there. Mrazek lost it for them last year. Reimer lost it for them in years past. I, I, they've never had the goaltending. I think these guys actually have it this year. And so, uh, and so I have Carolina and I have Carolina in uh, boy, I, I think this is another, for me, this is another seven or. Okay. I'll, I'll jump in there quickly. Um, I think that uh, I have Carolina as well. And mostly because I think with Carolina's system and their defensive play, just the way they operate, I think you're going to need, a, like a killer offense to to beat them i don't think the perfection line is clicking like they used to at the moment if they catch fire it's possible but uh, at the moment i mean i i trust boston to be a good defensive team too but i think they're going to have to be able to score goals against this team to win i just i don't think they have the depth to uh to do that um, and then like you said the coaching is is very much a carolina advantage uh, so that, that's the only thing I'll add there. And I think I've got Carolina in six because Boston will make it a tough series. Because let's be honest, Boston, in terms of like physicality, I, I saw a chart that had them both one of the biggest and most physical teams in the playoffs. And in the last four years, physical teams have dominated cups. So they have that going for them for sure. They're going to have to really muck and grind to be able to get through this series. But I have Carolina in six. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree with you guys. I think Boston is not the same team that we always think of when Boston comes to the playoffs. This team is a team that doesn't have David Krejci anymore, doesn't have Zidane Char anymore. There's no Tuka Rast. There's no Hall of Fame goaltending anymore that they were getting. Casty is a great coach, but I think Rob Brendamore has shown in his tenure with Carolina that he can make the most out of, you know, a situation where James Reimer is your goalie and, uh, you know, I, I just like Carolina's depth a lot more than I do Boston's. Uh, I think Boston actually is probably the better defensive team, but it really doesn't matter when you have guys like Aho and, and Tara Vinen out there ripping it up. Um, I, and uh, like, I, like, yeah, I watched the game last night and Yemi was, I sorry, Randall was fantastic. He was great. Like, and he played well. I mean, this guy's got experience and I knew he wasn't going to get walked all over. And in fact, I was actually thinking that might be better for them that he's starting instead of Freddie Anderson because oh. Freddie Anderson's trouble in the postseason. And we know his 
mental state when it comes to the playoffs. And I know it, and me and Nick know it probably more than anyone. Um, but yeah, no, I think Carolina is going to win this series. Boston will not make it easy for them. Um, but the goaltending in Boston will be their downfall. I mean, Ulmark last night gave up some goals that he definitely should have, shouldn't have. There was a goal short side that can't remember who scored, but like that, you got to save that. Um, first and playing in Carolina is a tough task. Like those fans were almost as loud as the people at the SBA last night. So, uh, I'm going to say Carolina in six as well. I think Boston will make it tough when they get back to Boston, but ultimately the skill of Carolina is going to beat this Bruins team that might also start needing a, uh, a shakeup pretty soon because this isn't the Boston Bruins that we know and love. Mm. Well, something MVP of the series for me, Andre Svechnikov. Yes, sir. That is a playoff performer. He is a playoff. And if, and if Boston wins, it'll be Charlie McAvoy. Yes. That's sure. my prediction. Well, yeah. if Boston wins, it'll be McAvoy, yeah. and it'll have to be one of Ulmark or Swayman that has to steal it. <laughs> Swayman. Swayman, because they ain't going to win any other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, moving on. Okay, moving on. Talking about uh, mental weakness in the playoffs. Mike Smith laid an egg last night oh. for the Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, oh boy, did, ah. did Joe call this one from a mile away. Can I, can I start uh, with this one, please? Yeah, please. You guys are done. Oh, no, go ahead. Continue your intro. No, 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 that was it. I just wanted to say, like, that, I think that's the story from last night. I think that's all everyone's talking about is how he led his team down, how, how the Oilers arguably outplayed the Kings in that game. And, uh, and, and the stars came out to shine. McDavid had a beautiful goal past Jonathan quick there. Great individual effort. Um, but boy, oh boy, uh, you know, the, the, here we go. Mike Smith, nine and one going into the playoffs. Everyone's everyone's like, Oh, he's back folks. He's back. Oh, I and, love you know, he gives up second goal of the game. He's already cursing at himself. You know, don't you hate that when a goalie lets a goal and you could clear, <laughs> clearly see his head bop and he's just going, <laughs> fuck me. You know? They're so bad. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, so I actually last night bet money on the LA Kings and I won like $300, which was oh, great. Wow. This guy, I, I knew like, I'm, I don't share my betting tips anymore because I'm going to start charging for them when it comes That's to That's why you were praising J- Dano last night. Well, I was, um, <laughs> oh yeah. Like I fully admit everything I ever said about Dano in the past was solely because he was a half, but he's a great hockey player. Um, let me tell you something about the Edmonton Oilers. This team is the most non-playoff hockey team Ooh out of almost all the teams in this playoffs. They are soft defensively. They have, I mean, if Darnell Nurse is your best defenseman, you have serious problems. They got a blue line of Cody Ceci, Tyson Berry, Duncan Keith. And Duncan Keith is well past his prime in terms that these guys aren't going to hold up uh, very long in this series or series elsewise. Their goaltending is atrocious. I mean, where do you go? It's like a, it's like a grenade and like a ticking time bomb. You got Mike Smith, who's like a fossil and is awful. And Miko Koskin is just like a 24-year-old or 25-year-old Mike Smith. It, it, it's terrible outside of McDavid and Drysaddle, that bottom six of the orders is just pitiful. They're pitiful, 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 mediocre players that are not playoff caliber or good without McDavid and Drysaddle, This team would be a lottery team. They would be in the draft lottery competing with the Montreal Canadians. And this wow. series is going to come down to, I think it's going to come down to who can give up less goals because both of them last night, I watched that game in full from 10 to 12 because I had money on it. Both of those teams are extremely jittery. They're obviously not your traditional playoff hockey teams. But when it comes down to it, these games are going to be 4-3, 5-3. It's going to come down to what goalie can make a save at the end. And I trust Jonathan Quick and Kyle Pedersen a hell of a lot more than Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. I think LA is going to win this series in six or seven games. I'm going to go seven just to hedge my bets. But And there are guys on LA that are turning back the clock. Like Kopitar had a fucking fantastic game last night. Jonathan Quick played out of his mind. 
And, um, you know, if Mike Smith is going to keep giving up muffins like that and Koskinen isn't any better, how can you win a series? The most important position in the playoffs is goaltending. And the Oilers don't have that. And if you don't have goaltending, you have to have good defense. They don't have that. And if you don't have good defense, you have to have a potent offense outside of two players. They don't have that either. So I'm picking LA and the Young Kings in six over McPower play and dry oh my God, and dry shittle. Side you are so <laughs> ridiculous. Those no, I love are the those I love are the only reason why Edmonton will win this series, and I predict they will win this series in six games. Okay. And um, and it's because listen, um, we all we all talk about how good Deneau is defensively. He he didn't stop the two players. He didn't stop either one of them. And that, that spells danger for, for LA. I know Mike Smith spells even more danger, which yes, it's concerning. The fact that they're questioning which goalie to start and set in game two is extremely concerning. The coach Trust won't me. players. He won't I get it. Players. I get it. It's That's bad. Just... It's so bad. I just, again, this is one of those situations where I can't fathom a scenario where like McDavid gets shit pumped again. It just, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, he was amazing and I don't, and they couldn't contain him. And, uh, and I think they're going to find a way they're going to, they're going to have to find a way. Well, they, so, they better, you know what they're going to do. I, I'll tell you the game plan here. You call up Dylan Holloway, Nick's favorite oh, prospect, mm-hmm. plug him in on the third line and boom, you've got a fucking competent third line. Isn't it, isn't good. it kind of a little bit disturbing that we're talking about calling up like a prospect to save this team? Like, is that not the, a, a fundamental flaw in the makeup of this shitty team that McDavid deserves so much better dry side like a care less I think he's overrated but McDavid deserves better than this like he certainly does that I'll part- tell you what I'll tell you what dry is going to be the MVP of this series if they win um that's a pretty good prediction I mean that that yeah that's a fair prediction I mean I hope so he's considered an elite player I hope so what do you mean but- considered a- what are you doing what are you I said he was considered about? I said he's considered an elite player I, I, I agree he's an elite player He's, you're kind of a, he's considered an elite player as if you say he's not an elite player. I said he is considered an elite player. I didn't imply that he wasn't. But I... I call I, him an elite player. He, he's considered an elite player by some, yes. I agree with that statement, yes. But no, I, I agree, yes. If they're going to win the series, both those guys have to be regular season McDavid and Drysaddle. McDavid's so good that I, I think he'll, he'll, he'll shine. But again, like, these games are going to be 6-5, 5-4, like... You, the goaltending is so bad. Don't you think if it's a high scoring, it favors Edmonton though? Like LA doesn't oh, want that. No, because I think, I think Jonathan, because again, it, like I was listening to noodles today and he made a great point in overdrive. Sometimes with the goalie in the playoffs, especially you don't really look at save percentage. Sometimes you look at the timely save, like when the saves need to be made. It always seems in Edmonton's case that Smith and Costin and letting goals at the, like the absolute worst moment or it's like a backbreaker where they're down like two, one and they've been pushing and there's one chance the other way. And like, like that Trevor Moore, Dano Iafalo line, absolutely flattened, flattened the McDavid line last night. I think when Dano was on the ice, McDavid had like five shot attempts. So again, outside of McDavid and dry who's producing offense for the Oilers, Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, Mr. 5.5 million. Who's producing the Evander offense? Kane. Oh, right. Evander Kane. Well, maybe he should get vaccinated first, then produce the offense. But before that, you know, I mean, I, I just think their bottom six is so, I don't know. I have no faith in this team. You know what? I don't have faith in Joe. The defenseman of the LA Kings without Drew Doughty. 
I don't think that's getting Ooh. enough play here. I, I think they're missing their heart. They're missing their soul. And he missing, wasn't that good before. They're he missing was- the face. They're missing the face, Joe. And and you cannot win a playoff series when Alexander Edler is your number one one A hey, defenseman. Listen, then you guys pick the, the Oilers. I'll pick the Kings. And then when I win more money, you guys can come back to me and apologize. Joe, to- it pains me to pick against the Kings. You know, I love the Kings. Yes. But I, I also, as a guy who's got, as a guy who's got kind of his pulse on the fan base there, we're just happy to be there. We're, we're just happy to be on ESPN, bro. We just want to be on primetime. You know, we're, we're just happy to be here. And this I is think such a loser Oilers- mentality. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Oilers need to win this. Their, their, their future uh, management coaching depends on this. And, yeah. and I think it's life or death for the Oilers. And I, for the isn't Kings, the, I think the pressure we're happy to be there. Isn't the pressure a negative, especially when like, this is almost like a Leafs Habs thing where it last year, where you have a team that's way better than the other team. Although I don't think Edmonton is that like they're certainly better than LA on paper, but they're not. The gulf wasn't there. But anyways, this they have to win. The expectations are all on them. Like, don't you think that might play negatively? Man, into the I've game? never seen like a six to def- like Kyle has never heard of four of these guys. Kyle's never heard of well Jordan Spence, you know, for the World Juniors. But the fact he's he's playing in playoffs right now is crazy. Sean Dersey, Mikey Anderson, and Matt Roy. You've probably never heard of those guys. Matt Roy and Mikey Anderson. I. Re- no, I have not heard of those yeah, players. Yeah. And Matt Roy's on their top pairing. Yeah. It's uh it's they're, they're they're building, they're building. It's cute <laughs> it's what sad. they're doing there. But they're not they're not ready for prime time. I don't think they're oh beating McDavid and the Oilers. And uh I, I picked at the Oilers in seven, but boy oh boy, does Mike Smith scare me. I've always made that abundantly clear. Well, me and show. you hated Mike Smith. And, and and man, when he gave up that puck behind the net and then had to do a Superman dive, <laughs> that was just a god-awful look. Man, that guy, that guy's playing beer league for like 95% of the game. That guy could be at Sports Village tonight. Yes. Oh, yeah. Boy. He's Tim, at Chesswood. He's at Chesswood yeah. right yeah. now. He's Tim Coffield. He's getting his reps at Chesswood. Tim, yeah. Tim Josh now. Anderson, Cole Coffee, all of them at Holy Chesswood. Shit. Not a good look, man. Yeah. Oh, not at all. Okay. On. Moving on. Moving on. Passionate, um, passionate take. To the other Canadian series, the one that will be get, getting started here in the next hour uh, Calgary against Dallas Stars. Um, <laughs> Probably not the most lopsided. I think that probably goes to Colorado's matchup. But uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Kind of a boring series, if you ask Very me. Boring. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't really think of excitement near. Um, I think Calgary naturally is a pretty boring team with the Sutter style. Dallas is a boring team with the way the, how offensively challenged they are. They're also I don't see. This will probably be the most boring series of the of the eight. I I, I almost want to say that. Uh, yeah. I would agree. Because it like like Colorado's going to ship pump Nashville, but at least it's Colorado, and it's going to look good. Yeah, it's going to look great. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. So so, uh, so I think I, I I don't I don't think Dallas has a chance here, uh, but I do like their veterans, uh, and I do think they'll at least win a game or two. And uh, I, I I and I you know that top line's really good. I mean, Jason Robertson has turned into a star this year. Um, I really yeah. uh, you know that top line's no joke. But Calgary's top line is better. It's been better. And, uh, and, and, and they're just so balanced on the back end. Mm. And they got a goalie. Uh, Dallas doesn't have a goalie. Uh, I don't mm. consider Joel Ottinger a goalie. No. You know, I, I consider him a, 
He's just a, he's just a one B, you know, that's all he is. And Markstrom's Markstrom. So uh, I, I think this would be a crazy upset if, 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 if the planes got knocked out. Uh, and I, and, and you know what? The bugaboo, Johnny Goudreau's always had the bugaboo, right? Can't Correct. get it done in the playoffs. Yeah. Correct. That whole core. He's Goudreau, Linholm, Kachuk, that whole uh, core has been cursed in the playoffs. So yeah. this is, this is their, this is their time to shine. This is where you gotta, yeah. you gotta really uh, show it, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll be quick here, Joe. Um, I, I think, yeah, Calgary is going to basically, you know what? They're not going to walk through this series. I, no, I, 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 think I, it's, I got them in six. I, I have them in six too. And it's not so much because of Dallas. I actually believe Calgary is a bit overrated. I think a lot of people have them going right to the finals. It blows me away that people have them beating Colorado, but a lot of people do. Oh, they're built for the playoffs. Oh, Sutter is just a genius behind the bench. Get this fucking information. Their second line center is Michael Backlund. With forty, He's had a good year. with He's forty-five had a good year. points, no, he has no, not had a good year. It, uh, defensively, he's had a good year. Put up year. his fucking stats. This guy is a joke. He's no, he's no Philip Deneau. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and he's got forty-five points as, actually, as as a second line center. This is borderline. This is borderline a one line team. Mm. This is bordering a one line team. And for that reason, yes, they'll get past this series. They'll if they'll get past Edmonton next series, sure, but they're not getting past Colorado. And they're not going to be some dominant force. Like, I'm sorry. You sh- and, and Gaudreau is a no-show every year. You, you expect this just all of a sudden because of Sutter that this is going to turn around? I don't fucking think so. I don't think so. So, yeah, they'll, it'll be six, and they'll be like, they'll show some cracks in the armor here. That's, I, my, that's my take. I, I, I actually surprisingly agree with Kyle uh, on this, too. Like, I listen, Calgary's, I think Calgary is, is a good team. They're very good defensively, and Markstrom is an elite goalie, so that's important. Um I just, the thing about Calgary that scares me, not only for this and going forward, is that you have to remember that guys like Gaudreau and Kachuk are having like career years. Like this has never been done before. This is like a one-off sort of thing where they're first starting to get points. Um, I, I think that they happen to get probably the worst team in the playoffs. Like Dallas is probably the worst team, like top to bottom in the playoffs. And yeah. um the goaltending from Markstrom and the defense that Calgary plays, they're going to win this series in five or six game. I'll say Calgary in six, just or whatever. But uh, to Kyle's point that this talk of them being like this juggernaut, that's going to take out Colorado. Like, I just don't, I don't see it. Like where, where is Calgary better than Colorado? Like not defensively. They've got a fourth line. I've never heard of. The only thing that Calgary has on Colorado is that I will say that Markstrom is probably a better goalie than Darcy Kemper. But again, Darcy Kemper doesn't have to be elite for Colorado to win a series. In fact, he could probably be subpar and Colorado could still win a series. Colorado, like the Leafs, has their own mental demons in their head where they have to realize we're cup favorites and we should be steamrolling any team we play against. I think this is the year they turn the page and, you know, maybe that, that goes the same for the, for the, for the Leafs of the, for the, for the Leafs and Colorado is the Leafs of the Western Conference. So hopefully that turns the page. But I'll say Calgary in six because also, who gives a fuck about this series? I probably won't watch a second of it. It's just like, this is probably the worst matchup. Like, it's not even like Colorado Nashville where like, okay, I get to see Nathan McKinnon and like all these stars. Like, who am I watching? Johnny Gaudreau? Like, I don't give a fuck. They're playing Dallas. Who cares? They're two irrelevant teams, irrelevant markets, irrelevant province. Who cares? Calgary and six. Love it. That's all that needs to be said. Um, Okay, we talked about Colorado Nashville. They get started here in about half an hour's time. 
Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I think to your point, Joe, it's got a lot more star power. You got lots of storylines here. The Norris Trophy storyline, right? McCarr versus mm. Yossi. Who's going to stick out there? Oh, um, easy. Easy. Can, can David Riddick win a playoff game? Oh. You know, I sure as hell don't think he can after the way he <laughs> fucked up the Leafs. Oh, um, so, uh, I, I just, that, that to me is the, probably the, the biggest Achilles heel here for Nashville is you're missing your, your workout horse goalie. And that's another reason why you can't start a goalie 67 games this day and age. He's going to hurt himself and poor guy hurt himself last week of the season. And now he's, now mm-hmm. he's out for at least the first two games here. So, uh, yeah, I expect Colorado to come out flying. They're healthy, right? Mm-hmm. They got Landis oh, back. They got Kadri back. Um, they got Byram. He, he's now he's healthy, back. right? Yeah, he's ready to go. I mean, this team yeah. is feisty. This team is, um, they, they have everything now. They, they, they made the right moves at the deadline. They got Josh Manson. Um, they got, you know, obviously Kemper's picked it up since the, oh. since the, uh, since the, the, the deadline. Um, so I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Colorado. I think they're going to win this one pretty handedly. <laughs> Uh, if UC Charles doesn't come back, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in a sweep. But with parity nowadays in the NHL, I'm going five. Colorado in five, and I'm predicting them, as you see in my bracket, to win the Stanley Cup. I'll make it quick here, Joe. I got him in four. Um, it's going to be a shit pumping like you've never seen. It's going to be must-watch hockey. Um, my only concern is, like, if like Nashville's a, a heavy, nasty team, I don't want anyone getting injured. So that's my only concern here. And I think that's the only thing Nashville can possibly do. So in my, if, in my opinion, play the first two periods hard, go up like three, nothing, and then just like play safe dump and chase hockey. Um, oh, one more thing I want to mention someone way under the radar, Val Nichushkin yes, is an elite, elite top six forward. This guy has put up, insane numbers he's huge he's a power forward prototype he's unbelievable he's sticking on the top line with mckinnon and rantanen landis gog's going into line two to balance things out with kadri and uh what an amazing what an amazing player what a breakout this year unbelievable yeah i mean i I, what else can you say i mean this is a a mismatch if saros was in net i think the series would be a bit closer but i just think the firepower of colorado and you know, their pedigree and McKinnon's playoff performances in the past. He's a playoff performer. He's a gamer and they're going to win this series in four games. Yeah. They're going to sweep them. I think this is going to be like a St. Louis last year where they're just going to take care of business. And I mean, the only thing that really can hold back Colorado is themselves really like that's it. There's nothing else that can, there's no team that matches up well with them. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to end this before this game spoiled for us, uh, Joe, if it hasn't been spoiled already. Moving on. Don't even fucking look at anything. Don't, uh, even, don't even yeah. look like anything. Yeah. Final series and arguably the best one of them all, if I may say so myself. Uh, Minnesota, St. Louis. People are calling this even more entertaining than the Leafs and the Lightning. Do you oh, agree, Kyle? Easily. Nice? Easily. Easily. I came home last night and I turned this on. I thought it would be a good third period to tur- to tune into as I came home at midnight and uh, it was already four, nothing blues. And I was like, well, I'm not watching this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I think, I think what we're most people are getting wrong on this series is picking the wild because of the goaltending. Too many people are saying they got flurry. That's the move. That's going to make them go. That's the move. That's going to make them a cup contender. But I think too many people are sleeping on Billy Huso. 
Too many people don't know who Billy Huso is. Too many people have not watched enough Blues games to see how good of a goalie he is, how capable a goalie is that, you know, a guy who can really carry a team. And I think Billy Huso is the best goalie in this series. I think if you rank the four goalies, he's the best goalie. And I'd like, uh, I, I, I like him to push them through. And, uh, and I think I didn't watch any of the game, but I, you know, surely he had a good game based on what the numbers are saying. And I like their depth more. I, I don't think a Ryan Hartman and a, and a Zuccarello can continue to put up points at their pace in the playoffs. Whereas if you look at the Blues, I think they got nine forwards who who have proven they can really score. Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Perron, O'Reilly, uh, Tarasenko, Buchnevich. Uh, the the list the list goes on. And uh, I I just think I think next to Florida, those two teams have the most depth up front. Guys who can just seemingly score first line to third line. Um, you know they got some what? Wrong. Dude, so wrong. This is the St. Louis Blues. They're great. The most depth up front? Yes. Come on. They have nine 20 goal scorers. Yes. I would matter. I took a slide. If that's like they're riding, they're riding a heater that they cannot sustain. No, no, no. People are overperforming like you would not believe. Brandon Saad, 24. O'Reilly, 21. Thomas, 20. Buchnevich, 30. Barbashev, 26. Uh, Shen 24, Cairo 27, Tarasenko 34, David Perron 27. It's the most balanced attack in the NHL. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think you might. <laughs> I'm speechless. Like, like <laughs> I'm going out with a bang for this last series here. I didn't know what to say. Like, I mean, like it's the St. Louis blues. Like, yeah, they're, they're a decent team, but dog I, shit. I think to say that they've like, reinvented themselves, Joe, they used to be the boring blues, but these kids have really picked it up this year. And I think, well, I think to really say that they have the best depth up front or one of the best is a bit shocking considering this playoffs yeah. features the like of Florida, Colorado, Toronto, like Tampa Bay. Like, I mean, I the think teams we, are more top heavy. The blues don't have a first line. They have, they have three second lines. Well, is that not a, like, <laughs> okay. Not well, great. That's not great. Yeah. It's not good. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it because in the playoffs, when one line gets cold, you need the other one to step up and they're going to do that. The wild don't have that. Like they have the, they have the star in Caprasol. The thrill. They have the thrill. They, have they the do. Thrill. They have the thrill. But I, and, and Fiala has been a great story this year and I, I, he'll probably keep it going here in the playoffs, but I don't believe in their other guys to keep going. I don't believe in Zuccarello and Very Hartman and, and Eric Sinek. The defense is better. The defense is better. Jared Spurgeon is a star in this league. Um, but, uh, but you know, but you know what? I, I don't like, I, I like Billy Huso more. And I think you guys don't know who Billy Huso is. I, and you're I, about you know to find I out. Know? I know who Marc-Andre Fleury is. <laughs> and that matters way more. Why didn't he start last night? He did. He played. Did he not start? No, I think Talbot started. But he played at some point. To tell me, maybe you did. I didn't watch the game. Flurry, I, 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 rec- I know I saw Flurry goal go in. Okay, well, that's not good for Flurry. Well, <laughs> whether he got scored on, like I don't know what happened. But yeah. Anyways, I, I don't even know what to say after uh, that like, bullshit. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Well, they're gonna beat them, boys. So like, uh, just seven, settle in. And Minnesota last night, last seven. night they crushed them. Yeah, like, they they crushed them in Minnesota. I, I may honestly believe that. The- Blues might win the series, but out of spite, I'm picking Minnesota in six because of those ridiculous comments. Minnesota in seven because, again, you're ridiculous. I cannot wait for the depth scoring of the Blues to show themselves, and I'm going to be yurping you guys this whole series. Oh, yeah. Fine. You, won't be, you won't hear the end of it. So do you guys want to know the score in the Pittsburgh game? 
No, no, no. we're about we're, to we're, we're about to in. tune we're in. We're gonna watch Thank the whole you, game in its Thank entirety. You. Uh, yeah, Kyle's losing it here, so we're gonna watch the end. Uh, thanks for coming on, Joe. Always a pleasure. Yes. Uh, we love this episode uh, every year, and it, it, it was great having you on yet again. Yes, thank you very much, guys. Uh, go Leafs, go! And I'm sure we'll be uh, we'll be in communication throughout the uh, the playoffs. Of course, and please tune in next week. Kyle and I will be doing our live watch of the Shane Wright lottery. The biggest the biggest night of Nick's life next Tuesday. It's going to be a good one. Um, we encourage everyone to tune in for that. Yes. Take care. Thank you very much, guys. Ciao. Okay. Take it easy, Joe. And uh, good luck with the uh, with the trial. Yes. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Take it easy, buddy. Bye bye.